This is Barbie Jo, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Jo here, and welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today, we're talking with a career coach whose focus is to help you build confidence, skills, and strategies you need to enjoy a successful and satisfying career within your current role. An expert in job hopping and how the grass is rarely greener, Charlotte now dedicates her time to helping you find what you're looking for within your career. Be that more confidence, satisfaction, a solid progression strategy, or simply less stress day-to-day. Charlotte works with mid-level professionals destined to become the next generation of leaders and with the mission of transforming the stereotypical corporate hustle culture from the ground up to make the future norm of work people-driven, exciting, and rewarding for all. So welcome to the show, Charlotte. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Thank you so much for having me and for that lovely introduction. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, I obviously am based in the UK, as you can probably hear. Um, I am a career coach, as you mentioned, and my journey really has been through uh, a few rounds of burnout in my career. So I have worked in the events, medical communications and pharmaceutical industries, which kind of have their own reputation of being quite fast paced, highly strong, quite demanding. And what I really noticed very early on in my career was that I was really kind of ambitious in terms of wanting to prove myself. So I would work all the hours, God gave, um, I would be staying late, I would be pushing myself, I would be innovating, I would be making suggestions for improvements and changes to processes and how we can make things easier, how we can make things better for the clients, things like that. And I always felt kind of, I guess, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, I was always kind of treated as though, you know, I was too young to have such, you know, contributions to make or, you know, I'd, I'd have people like take my ideas or throw me under the bus or just basically tell me to sit down. As a result of that, we'd just work harder um, and I would just keep pushing myself and then I would burn out and then I would leave and I would go somewhere else and think, it must just be this company. It must just be the culture of this company. And what I learned over the years was that it doesn't really matter where you are or what the company is or who your boss is. There are obviously extreme situations and, and I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with um, environments and people and situations that is nothing to do with them. But what I learned was that actually I needed to realise the value that I was contributing for myself. I needed to accept that I was worthy and what I was doing was good enough regardless of how other people were reacting to it, regardless of what feedback I was getting. And the fact that I was trying was good enough. Um, and so as I progressed in my career, I, I changed sort of between different roles and I would move up the ladder and take on more kind of line management responsibility and things like that. And I really found myself 
in a position where I was continuously supporting other people with the same struggles that I had gone through. Um, I found that a hundred times more rewarding than the job that I was actually doing. And so moved into kind of operations management role, people management roles, um, and eventually branched out into career coaching. And here we are. That's amazing. Okay. Now I'm loving that you've touched a little bit on imposter syndrome, because I think a lot of us out there struggle with that. You know, who am I to call myself a, you know, a professional organizer, for example, who am I to, to be playing this part in this role, you know, even as a mom, you know, who am I? And then we also struggle with perfectionism and fear of failure, both at work and in in the house, in the home. So let's talk on that for a little bit. Imposter syndrome, fear of failure, fear of judgment, perfectionism, people pleasing, overthinking, constant worrying. They're all kind of sisters. They all know each other very well. They all stem from the same, the same root, which is often a lack of confidence. And as I was saying, you know, in my own experience with actually realizing that I am enough just as I am, just for being here and just for showing up. And I think once you kind of get that perspective and, and almost find whatever it is that's going to empower you to take that on as a new belief, as a reality that you want to build on, that's where everything can start to kind of shift. And a really good example, actually, um, So I am self-employed. I work from home. I don't have a baby, but I do have a puppy. And I hear that's a good starting point. (laughs) Um, And I was having a conversation with my coach um, a few weeks back. And I was saying, oh, I just, there's too much on my plate. I think I, I need to get a cleaner. And I'd had a terrible experience with a cleaner a few years ago. Um, where they just, you know, weren't doing what I'd asked them to do. And I had the whole guilt about like confronting them about what they were doing and letting them go eventually and things like that. And so I was kind of stuck between this place of, I have to keep the house clean. I'd like to outsource it. I feel really worried about that experience and going through that all over again. And I was in this kind of cycle of not knowing what to do. And my coach just stopped me and she was like, why do you need to keep your house so clean? And I was like, well, you know, because, you know, what if somebody comes around or what if, you know, I don't know, it just, I, I, I need to keep my house going. And she was saying to me, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping your house clean. There is, there's nothing wrong with being house proud. There's nothing wrong with, you know, maintaining a beautiful home. That's a wonderful thing, but connect with the why, because if you're, if you're doing it, because you don't want people to come around unless your house is clean. If you're doing it because you think that your mother-in-law is going to come around and think that you're doing a terrible job and you can't cope. If you're doing it to validate your efforts and how you're spending your time and, and your worth to other people, it's not a great reason to be doing it. And it could probably be bumped further down the list. If you can, you know, leave the laundry for a couple of days, buy some new clothes or, you know, use some clothes that you haven't worn for a while just to take that pressure off yourself. Anything that you can really do to calm your mind, clear your mind, focus on on the things that are really high priority and get them done gives you so much more space to think, 
do I want to do that? Do I have the energy to do that? Okay, I'm going to do it today. Tomorrow, I might leave it because it's not serving me right now. I love that. I love that. First of all, yes, we need to tell ourselves that we are enough. I don't think we hear that often enough. And it's so important. And it's, I think, really important too to assess the systems within your household and see, you know, what's working for me right now? What's serving me? What is a priority? And your seasons of life change and they're constantly changing. So it's okay to reevaluate and say, you know what, right now, it's really not a priority to get the dishes done every morning. That That's not on the top of the list right now. It might be down the road, but, you know, just for example, but that's really good. That's so important. Yeah. And I think something you've just made me think of there as well is having a routine. And, you know, some people really thrive on having like a set schedule and a way that they do things every morning. And some people don't. But I think... What's really important to to keep in mind is that if you're creating a routine, it's yours and you can change it to suit you whenever you want. And that might look like your routine is different at different times of the month, different seasons in the year, different days of the week. You might have a routine for if you wake up feeling really energized and a different routine for if you feel if you wake up and you feel really kind of sluggish or you didn't sleep well. And just having that kind of structure there for when you need it, but making sure that that structure is there to support you rather than control you. Yes. Oh, 100%. I'm all about that. Is your life, are your systems, are the functions in your house serving you? Okay. So what are one of the biggest struggles that your clients come to you with? Um, Many, many, many of my clients will come to me saying that they want to build their confidence. And that might be for different reasons. It might be because they are losing sleep. It might be because they are constantly worried that they're going to do something wrong at work and they're being fired. It might be because they really want to push themselves to the next level and go for a promotion, but they don't feel like they'll do a good job when they get there. They have that fear of failure. Um, a lot of my clients will come to me initially with an idea that they want to achieve something more and then they'll come to a realization that actually they want to stop achieving things, which sounds really counterintuitive. But I think so many of us push ourselves so hard. We work so hard. We've kind of been brought up in this world where achieving and moving forward and doing more is good. And being still or waiting or relaxing or resting is seen as bad or weak. And actually, we need both in our lives to really be able to keep moving forward, to to make that sustainable and also to enjoy what we're experiencing along the way. And so a lot of them will come to me and say, you know, I really want a promotion. I really want a pay rise. And then they'll say, actually, I I just really want a better work-life balance. I don't need the money. I don't need the status. I don't really like the sound of that next roll up. It's just what I felt like I should be doing. Um, But yeah, so confidence is a huge thing to, to kind of be able to push themselves for what they want, whether that's achieving more or accepting that they don't need to achieve anymore. And a lot of them, like we mentioned before, with the imposter syndrome, the people pleasing, 
all of this really is coming from a place of just not allowing themselves to be who they want to be and live how they want to live because they need that permission from someone else. So I help them to find a way to give that permission to themselves. I love that. Confidence is so important. Wherever you are in your walk of life, it's one of those things that you just, you have to have. And a lot of us really don't work on our confidence, you know, and I think it's a muscle that needs flexing and you have to strengthen it. That's really great. Definitely. And yeah, you're right. Confidence, it, it shows up everywhere. So when you're when you're feeling more confident in yourself, when you're valuing yourself more, when you're putting yourself and your needs first, it affects things like, you know, putting yourself out there, pushing your comfort zone, stretching your limits, but it also really affects things like accepting situations that are out of your control and finding more harmony in your relationships. I cannot tell you how many arguments with my boyfriend I have not had since I've done this kind of work, since I've been working on myself and my own confidence. And you're right, it is a muscle that we do need to keep flexing. But just in terms of not not jumping to conclusions about what he's thinking or what he meant by that, or why hasn't he done that, or why has he done that? And actually thinking, being more aware of your own needs and and putting yourself first gives you a lot more kind of perspective and empathy for other people so I can now recognize when he's simply putting his needs first or simply isn't thinking about that or probably doesn't mean anything by it but I'm not looking for validation from him in everything that he does so rather than it triggering me and leading me to to push him or question him or you know want an answer about something or talk something out I can just kind of go with it because if he's my person, he's my person. And if he's not, that's okay too. I'm pretty sure he is though. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I love it. All the fights you haven't had. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good because a lot of times you don't equate, you know, relationship conflict with confidence, but it is so related. It is so intertwined. And when you're not feeling good about yourself, you're going to let what everybody says and does affect you negatively. Yeah, totally. That's so good. Just today, I had a friend say, oh, I'm wearing this fabulous shade of hot pink lipstick so I can show off my beautiful smile today at school. She's a teacher. And I thought that confidence is, it's so beautiful and and it's attractive. And it makes us want to be as confident too. When we're around her, I feel that we kind of rise to her status of confidence. Definitely. I love that. It's so great. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. What advice would you give somebody who's struggling with imposter syndrome? So I think my number one tip for overcoming imposter syndrome is to connect with your purpose. So one of the main ways that it shows up for people at work is, um, for example, in a meeting. So if you are kind of sitting in a meeting and you have an idea and you're not really sure whether it's your place to make a suggestion or contribute or agree or disagree with what's being said, or you don't want to step on somebody's toes, 
if you can sit back and find the perspective to connect with the purpose, so you're all there to achieve the same common goal, the the mission of your role, of your team, of the company, whatever it is, is greater than how important it is what you look like doing it. So rather than worrying about whether you're going to say something the right way, whether you're whether your idea will be taken forward or not, by contributing any idea, any suggestion, any part of the conversation, you are broadening the resource that collectively you have to achieve that goal. And that's what's important. That's really good. Um, Just the other day, someone was telling me, because I was struggling with it myself, and I was like, who am I to be offering other moms advice? You know, I'm sure there's somebody out there who can offer better advice than I ever could. And she said, you know what? If you look at our professional athletes like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, they have coaches, right? They hire coaches to help them with their swing, with their footwork, with whatever. And you want to tell me that those coaches are better athletes than Michael Jordan? You know, they're not. But what they have to offer or share with this premier athlete is, you know, a whole another skill set. They don't have to be able to demonstrate it, but be able to teach it and correct it. And so they don't have to be the best athlete in the world to coach some of the best athletes in the world. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? <laughs> Light bulb moment. Yes. That's such a great example. Mm, I love that. That is a brilliant, brilliant example. And uh, similar to what you were just saying, when I very first started out in coaching and kind of in the online business space, I um, had to overcome, you know, my, my fear of getting visible really, you know, on social media and doing videos and things like that. And my coach at the time, she said to me, you don't have to be the expert. You just have to contribute to the conversation. And I found that really helpful as well. Yeah. Love that. That takes so much pressure off of yourself. Yeah. You're not there to fix it all. You're mm-hmm. there to contribute. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> okay. This is great. This is really great. Okay. So speaking up, I think can be really debilitating for some people, whether it's at work meetings or at PTA meetings, or, you know, just on behalf of your child, on behalf of maybe your family or a situation, it can be super hard. So what are some tips you you give to help manage that? I think I think really culminating everything that we've just talked about in this, you know, connecting with purpose and contributing to the conversation and really having the confidence to know that you're operating from a good place. Your intentions are good, you're trying and all of the energy that you put out in the world that is positive is worth putting out there. So if it's, you know, contributing something in a meeting at work, if it's making a suggestion at the PTA meeting, if it's, you know, standing up to a bully, if it's sticking up for your kid. And I think the thing as well with kids, because so many of our kind of beliefs, especially about ourselves, are formed when we're so very young. If you're standing up for your kid in any kind of situation, they'll know 
that you've got their back. They'll know, they'll feel loved. They'll feel worthy of somebody standing up for them. And that kind of support, having that kind of a cheerleader and being aware of that is so, so powerful for a young person. Like that's the kind of experience that they will grow up to be our age and say, yeah, I've, you know, I've always had this kind of level of confidence because I always knew that my mum believed in me. My, my mum would always stick up for me. And so I've always stuck up for my friends and I will stick up for my kids. And I think it goes back to, you know, the initial point of connecting with your purpose. But if you can, if you can prioritize the value of, of that and the, the effort being worth it, I think that's really powerful. That's really good. I mean, even in like church, sometimes I'll sit back and say, oh, I could contribute a really great comment right now, but I don't dare because what if it sounds stupid? What if it, what if it comes out wrong? What if nobody understands what I'm trying to say? It's so easy to talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. In that kind of situation, instead of you know, what if I sound stupid? What if it comes out wrong? What if, what if, what if? Try even if. Ah, I like that. So if you were going to, if you were going to reframe that now, I'm putting you on the spot now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Instead of what if it comes out stupid, even if it, even if I sound stupid, how would you finish that sentence? Even if I sound stupid, at least I'm contributing. We're not sitting here in silence. Um, I'm trying to put good out, positive energy out. So maybe they'll feel what I'm trying to say, even if the words don't come out right. And how does that feel? That feels a lot better. A lot less pressure on myself. (laughs) Yeah, this is it. Taking the pressure off ourselves to be perfect all the time, to do everything for everyone and get it right 100% of the time. If we can take that pressure off and accept that we are good enough just as we are, even when we get it wrong, even when we make mistakes, even when we don't stick up for our kids that one time, you know, we're still good enough and it's worth trying. I love that. That is something I think we all need to hear more often. Because you're right, our brain will take us to worst case scenario. And really, if you ask yourself, well, so what? What if it what if it does come out wrong? What if you don't have the right word you were looking for? Then what? You're not gonna die. You're not going to destroy lives. You're not going to, you know, kill over. You're <laughs> well, I mean, it's really not as bad as we make it feel. Yeah. And I think as well, the more we, the more we do, the more we try, the more, you know, the more repetition, the more practice we, we have of doing these things that feel scary. Every time we do it and something doesn't go wrong, it's a little bit more evidence for our brains to help boost that confidence. It's going to make it so much easier. True. Very true. Yeah. I think we're just constantly evolving and learning and growing. And I think what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But I also think you have a choice. You can make things uh, soften you or 
part in you. Like, do you want to grow from this or do you want to stay where you are? And a lot of times you see people just kind of paralyzed in that state where they're not wanting to move forward out of this uncomfortable situation. And it almost calcifies them in that state. Yeah. Well, you're so good with the metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> I have many children. I'm used to speaking in metaphors. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's such a good example, though. Yeah. And I think, you know, so many people have so much more to give to the world and so much passion and so much desire and so much skill. And they have, like, you know how they say, you know, success is 80% mindset, 20% skill, something like that. But 90% of that mindset is also, you know, you already have it and you're probably just missing that 10%, which is the confidence to say, I'm going to go and do it. Oh, so good. That's so good. You're right. That's more times than not the missing piece of the puzzle that will set people aside or apart from the rest of the world you see you know will catapult you into success into into new and better and bigger things so wow that's really powerful so tell us how can we find you how can we work with you if anyone wanted to hire you yeah absolutely so you can find out all the information that you could possibly need about me on my website which is charlottecrabtree.com um, I run a one-to-one 12 week coaching program, which is all about building confidence. It's actually called cultivating confidence. Um, and in that we work through, you know, un- understanding, kind of discovering what, what limiting beliefs or unhelpful thought patterns you're experiencing at the moment really transforming them and, and actually choosing new beliefs and new, more positive ways of thinking. So there's a lot of mindset work. And alongside that, we'll devise these kinds of routines, practices, um, actions that you can take. And I'll be there, you know, kind of supporting you, guiding you through the whole thing. So you're kind of, you're finding that missing piece in the mindset and you're putting it together with a strategy that fits what it is that you want to achieve. Or if what you want to achieve is to stop achieving and be happy with that. We'll work on that too, because that takes a little bit of practice as well. Um, So yeah, so that's a 12-week program. Um, You can find the information about that on my website. Um, I actually have a free guide that everyone can download um, if they'd find it useful called Five Confidence Hacks to Crush Your Next Meeting. Um, So the link for that is uh, charlottecrabtree.com forward slash five dash confidence dash hacks. Um, and yeah, if you want to connect with me on socials, I'm at Career Talk with Charlotte on Instagram and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Amazing. And we'll include all this information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Amazing. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now.